Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Start Local, a podcast focused on helping small businesses in Chester County, PA, and the greater Philadelphia area as we try to navigate through the COVID-19 economy. Now, before I bring in my wonderful co-host and our fantastic guest, I want to tell you about our newsletter. We are working on a monthly newsletter to help bring you some of the best takeaways from this show, as well as news happening around the county. If that sounds wonderful for you, it's totally free. You can go to startlocal.co slash news. That's startlocal.co slash news to sign up for our very free, very monthly newsletter. Okay. As I said before, I am here with my fellow co-host, Liam Dempsey. Liam, how are you today? Oh, you are such a natural at that. You didn't even have a script. That's amazing. I would have stuttered over that a bunch. I'm I'm doing really well today. I'm delighted to be back in the podcast booth with you and with our guest today. Likewise, always glad to share a mic with you, Liam, and uh, a virtual mic, of course. Uh, and today we have Jim Adams. He's the co-owner of Levante Brewing Company. Jim, how are you today? Doing well. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being on the show. We're excited to talk about a whole bevy of things from some of your collaborations to what it's like trying to reopen. Uh, And uh, we will get to all of that in a minute. But first, I'd like you to tell our listeners who you are and what you do. Sure. Thank you. Um, Like I said, my name is Jim Adams. I'm one of the uh, co-founders and co-owners of Levante Brewing Company based out of Westchester, Pennsylvania. I've uh, been with the company since the, the beginning, since we opened the doors in August of 2015. And so it's it's been five years and, um, you know, a crazy ride. But uh, 99% of it's been a blessing and one of, 1% of it has been a learning opportunity. So it's it's been great. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, so you opened up in Westchester in 2015. Um, but, uh, and then, so you you are a co-owner uh, but you also work with customer experience, is that right? Sure. Yeah, we're our operations big enough now that it warrants what I call almost a twenty four seven customer service operation. That's really um, myself and a couple others um, trading when we can, you know, uh, working around the clock just to make sure that we're expeditious with customer care and making sure that we're listening to our customers' feedback and, and, and attending to their needs um, across multiple channels, so social channels and our delivery operations, our curbside operation, um, anything that's involved in, in retail. So it's a, there's a lot for even a young brewery to, to maintain when it comes to customer experience. Yeah, and young brewery with a massive challenge with COVID-19, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, in, in the in the early days uh, as businesses, early days of COVID-19, as businesses were trying to pivot, um, folks were trying to figure out when are we going to reopen? How do we still engage with our customers? Is this kind of like an extended snow day kind of thing where it's just going to be two weeks and then it's all going to go back? And as it became clear that it was not an extended snow day, it was going to go on for months and possibly longer, you and your colleagues came up with a really exciting way to get your product into the hands of the customers and probably ways that when you were sitting around in 2013 and 2014, wondering maybe we should start a brewery never even entered your mind. Can you tell us about Mercury? Sure. Sure. 
Mercury is the, uh, what, the messenger of the gods. So um, it's how we carry the message of our product throughout the state of Pennsylvania. So we're, we're licensed to sell and distribute um, and deliver beer anywhere in the Commonwealth. And we started this in January of 2019, actually. Um, and uh, at the time, there was maybe one or two other breweries that were doing it. So quite innovative at the time. It was a slow roll in the beginning as people were sort of getting indoctrinated to um, alcohol by delivery. And then when COVID hit, um, it exploded. I mean, it, it was just, it was completely contactless and made a lot of sense. And people quickly got up to speed with it. Um, and then you saw rapid adoption in March and April and May because people were afraid um, and all the tap rooms were closed, obviously, and people wanted their beer and people were, were coping with food and with alcohol. Um, so order volumes for anyone who's doing delivery or curbside, they spiked. Now they're going the opposite way. You know, they're softening a little bit because, you know, people are starting to loosen up a little bit, right? You know, I don't Depends on where you sit on the spectrum, whether you think that's a good idea or not. I'm not advocating either, but I'm just saying from our, our experience and our vantage point, um, you are seeing people start to drift away to more in-house consumption options, but not a lot. You know what I wonder about is is maybe you could spend a minute or two. You know, you're Westchester based, you're 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 Greater Philadelphia area, you brew here. I think it's the only place that you brew. Mm-hmm. How does getting an order to Erie, Pennsylvania work? Does somebody get in a car and drive it out there? Do you try to, you know, do a whole bunch of advertising in Erie? So with one truckload, you can hit 10 customers instead of somebody wants a six pack. So out you go. How does that work? It's, it's pretty easy. UPS, UPS comes every day and takes dozens and dozens of boxes, you know, throughout the state. Um, we also operate, we'll, we'll deliver to your house locally within 10 to 12 miles of the brewery. And that keeps our costs down and also allows us to do same day delivery. But UPS will get it anywhere in the state in less than three days. That's, that's a good experience. Uh, with full tracking information. And that's, that's what the other breweries that jumped on this are, are leveraging as well. It's the, uh, both FedEx and UPS provide, um, you know, that service capability, but it's, it's been great. Really good. Wow, that's that's fantastic. So I'm thinking about some of the other logistical stuff. Um, when when it comes to uh, to shipping the beer, um, is there special packaging you need? Do you try to? Is, is it what is what does that look like? What's that process look like on your end? I mean, everybody tries to solve it differently. A lot of breweries get a standard box, wrap the four packs or bottles with uh, bubble wrap, and throw them in the box. It works. Um, ours is a little bit more prepared. Our, our, and, and we've learned things. You know, we had a head start. We, our boxes come with these corrugated cardboard holders. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're made for four packs. And we orient three, four, five, and six in a single box. Um, it's, it's very well packaged, very well designed, very secure. And, um, we also put some other things in there to personalize it. And the outside of the box is completely branded with Levante and Mercury. So it's, it's a professional, um, you know, kind of white glove experience. Uh, we, we certainly could, 
and throw it in a box and wrap it up in, in bubble wrap. And there's actually some, some advantages to doing that because then you can, you can, you're not limited to the amount of four packs you can throw in a big brown box. So there are, there are advantages. We just feel that uh, most people are buying three, four, five, six, six, four packs max. Mm-hmm. Um, and the box, you know, the, the box uh, configuration handles those, those different amounts. So it's been great. Yeah. And, and presentation is really important. I'll just say before I throw it back to Liam, because like you get, you know, you can get stuff thrown in a box and that's fine. That's like what you get on most Amazon vendors. But like I've ordered from like Ugmunk or Apple and like their packaging is amazing and it makes me feel like they really thought about the product and it's going to make me want to go back to them. I'm glad you mentioned that. We, uh, we put a letter in every single one and it's signed by the person who packed it. Um, and it's, it's, it, we, and we also put stickers and other swag in there and it's, it's important. We want it to be personalized because we, we desperately, you know, need to preserve that experience. We want people to have an experience that they want to re-experience and, um, and try to personalize as best we can. So it's, it's, it, it's worked out and people have, you know, commented and, 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 brought it to our attention dozens and dozens of times that they just really felt that we put a lot of attention in. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Awesome. And, and I expect you're getting some rewards on social media from that as well. And Instagram and Twitter where folks say, hey, look at this really cool picture and look at this really cool little, oh, they even signed it. Tom down at the distribution center packed my beer or Mary did or whoever it was. Yeah, exactly. And then they're, they'll, they'll put it up. Yeah. They'll, they'll put it on their social channels and blow it up and the box self presents really well. And there are the cans. And you know, so the, there, there's always a, a marketing aspect of it, but in the end you do it because it's the right thing to do. We just didn't want to use a generic format, but yeah, I, 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 but respect I respect that. those that just jumped in and are doing it. It's, it costs money. I mean, sure. you know, it, it eats margin to be able to do that, but yep. we feel it's the right thing to do. I want to talk to you about your collaboration with Weathered Souls Brewing. Sure. Can you can you share a little bit about that, how that came to be, and even what the what the collaboration does and was, and what the output it was? Because I'm not sure that everybody listening yeah. to the show knows. Yep. So Weathered Souls is uh, you know another brewery um, in the country that came up with a fantastic idea to give a base recipe of uh, an imperial stout. You know, and said, look, here's. This, this is a base recipe, take it, manipulate it, personalize it, whatever you want to do. But please make sure that 100% of your proceeds go to support Black Lives Matter um, or other organizations that you know, support underprivileged or underrepresented people uh, of color. And uh, it, it's, it's just fantastic, you know, and hundreds, hundreds of breweries did it. In the state of Pennsylvania, I think there were close to 25, 26 of us that did it. And everybody came up, it had the same packaging, the same, you know, black is beautiful uh, artwork on the can, but every single one of them is different based on the little touches that we added. And ours landed around 11%. Um, it was fantastic. And people loved it and they scooped it up and, and they're comparing ours versus others, people around the country. But, you know, it was all in the name of doing right for fellow Americans and doing the right thing. And it's not a political statement. It's not a social tax and all that stuff. And, you know, again, there's two sides of everything. We did it because it was the right thing to do. And it helped people 
Um, we gave our proceeds to the juvenile law center. Um, they advocate for the, the rights and equity and opportunities for, 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 for young folks and child welfare and the justice system. So, um, we felt that giving the proceeds to them, you help children that are underrepresented or underprivileged, um, at the beginning of a young person's struggle, not years later where that money may be less of, it may be less of an opportunity to make a real impact. So it was awesome. And, uh, it, you know, it, it, uh, it really resonated with the, with the customer and, um, we're very proud that we had the opportunity to do it. And all these other breweries you know, did it as well. So just as far as timeline goes, this is cause I'm kind of generally interested in, in how quickly things happened. Um, how long did it take for you to, to put out the, the stout um, from the time they released the base recipe? Well, we slow played it. Uh, You have to, you know, there's just being logical here. There's a schedule of things that we're brewing. And when this, when these things pop up, you got to figure out where do you inject it in the timeline and then what other beers move and, 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 yeah, there's some logistics around it, and then you want to get you want to make sure you have all the base uh, recipe ingredients, and then how do we design the Levante effect on top of it? How do we personalize this? So, I think I think a week of kind of really trying to figure that stuff out, how we specialized it, then then brewing. That's obviously a single day. Fermenting is a couple of weeks, um, and then. Um, you know, there's some there's some some post fermentation work that we do on on this particular type of, of style, um, and then packaging it takes roughly about a half a day for the volume that we did. We do it with other with other products that we were doing that week, and then we put it up there. So I would say that we were three weeks behind the original folks that did it. So, but. There's still there's still companies that are jumping on board to do this, and and I don't think it really has a has a short time frame. It has a, quite an extended one. You know, people want to do it; um, they'll get to it when they can. And and some people are barrel aging this, these products, so you can see things pop out even later in the in the fall. Yeah, uh, that was kind of my thought because I don't know how long it takes to brew beer, really, and I <laughs> I knew that it could take. I didn't know how short it could take, but I knew it could take months or or whatever. So. Uh, yep. Yeah, really, really cool. Thank you for that insight. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Jim, what is what is a base recipe? Is that like flipping the Nestle Toll House package over and it's just the recipe, so that it's not like they send you a base starter dough with sourdough or anything? Or is it just here are the ingredients, here's the portion, here's how you, here's how long you cook this, here's how long you boil that, here's how long absolutely, you absolutely. Okay. They said, hey, look, you know, here is a base recipe for an imperial stout using these base malts. You know, it's and uh, this is the yeast that they used, and these are the hops that they used. But you you don't want to go completely off the reservation. You, you know, the principle is to stay kind of in the you know found in in the format that they use, but then add embellishments around it to you know to give it some character. Um, you know, to give it your own brewery's personalization. And so yeah, so everyone got the same base ingredient, uh, same base recipe. And then they just, you know, did all kinds of things like barrel aging it for maybe a couple of weeks just to give it a little bit of bourbon-esque flavor or something like that. Or um, 
you know, they were adding cacao, you know, cacao nibs, they were adding chocolate, they were adding lactose, they were adding all kinds of stuff. So it, it, there's, there's some freedom in the personalization part of that beer. And that's why people chase them to get different, to get different experiences. That is such a fantastic story. Cool. When I, when I read about it, I didn't appreciate just how wide and how diverse and how expansive and how really kind of collaborative, but also unique it was. That's really, really cool. Yeah. It's, it, I, it, I have to give, I mean, I have to give Weathered Souls a lot of respect for, for coming up with that idea. Um, it, it was very self, selfless. Um, and, but I also think it, it, it shone a light on their brand as, as you know, curating something really special, and, and, and again, trying to do the right thing, and in a in a time where there was a, a clearly there is a focus on you know on this particular topic. So, how do you turn it around and do something good for people? Is is the nature of the whole thing? Yeah, that's fantastic. We've got a few minutes left uh, or in the show, and I want to ask you, uh, Levante has a, a tap room down in Westchester. Just before, a year or two before COVID-19 hit, you opened up a fantastic place called The Stables up in the village of Eagle, uh, Chester Springs. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I got a new bicycle for 2020 so I could ride there because I lived that close. Uh, um, and COVID-19 has, 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 has changed a lot of the way the tap rooms work and if they're even open. Talk to us about what you and your colleagues at Levante Brewing Company are doing now to create a customer experience that invites folks back in the way as best you can and, is, and then also keeps you and your team safe. Talk to us about that. Sure. Um, well, the, the, the best thing is that once, once the initial shockwave um, settled we were able to bring people back quickly i mean a lot of people shed their workforce it was scary um all the tap rooms closed what are you going to do um and all of us quickly changed to a curbside format and levante's curbside format and drive-through at the brewery was popular um and continues to be and let us bring people back then the delivery aspect of the business took off. So we were able to hire people around that and bring those folks back. And maybe, okay, you were doing this role before COVID. Let's bring you back and we'll inject you into this role. And really trying to, to maintain as much employment, um, full-time employment as possible. And we, we, we haven't opened either taproom. Both of them operate, both Stables and, and the, the, the brewery taproom in Westchester operate curbside only. and. Everyone else has opened, it seems, to in-house consumption or some outdoor format. And you would think, well, why, why doesn't Levante do it? Um, and it is to keep our employees safe. We don't necessarily have to do it. And that's because people have been so wonderful with curbside pickup and delivery. We also switched our format away from kegging and wholesale to bars because they weren't pouring drafts for a while but they were hurting. So what do you do for them and the local wholesaler? We flipped into a hundred percent canning operation and started putting cans on shelves, which was something we never thought we would do. Um, but it moves product and it helps the, the our, our wholesale partners and, and the bars and restaurants that can crack cans and serve them that way. And everybody, everybody wins. So what do we do about the taproom experience? Westchester um, 
the Carter Drive Westchester Tap Room, with the state mandate to be you know fifty percent and also have food, we don't. We're not a restaurant. We can bring a food truck in and all that stuff, but we'll. The limited occupancy at Carter would make it cost ineffective. Plus, the tap room was converted into a makeshift fulfillment center. All of our beer is where you used to sit and drink at the bar. <laughs> um, yeah. Because we're throwing it out. We're moving it outside the, yeah. the drive yeah, yeah, yeah. alley. So it's worked great. So operationally, it doesn't make sense right now. Um, and stables. Stables, you could make an argument. We hear it all the time. It's so big. Why can't you do this? Why can't you put some tables and spread everybody out? Well, the occupancy there, even at 50%, is a lot of people. And the social optics of having 200 people at the stables is something we're not comfortable with. Um, I'm going to interrupt you right there, and I didn't even really thought about that you know, the PR side of things, the marketing side, and it might be COVIDly, if I can use it as an adverb, it could be COVIDly safe, but what does that mean for the, I'll say, constructive feedback you might receive around them, even if it was safe? That's a really good point. Yeah, it comes down to what's, what's every business has to think about what's the right thing for them. And most of these other companies had either a restaurant part of their brewery or um, some level of food offering, and they relied on the in-house consumption a lot. So I get it. But economically, it's not making a lot of profit for these companies. It's just not. But, it's, but they're maintaining. Now, the next thing they have to think about is, okay, we open stables up for what? Two months till the weather gets cold, and we shut down again because there's no in-house consumption and we don't have food. So we just brought all those people back and all that expense to open it just to turn around and close it again because we're still under state mandates to do, um, you know, constrained in-house consumption. And but the biggest thing, and the, this is just our our thought process. Safety before profits. End of story. End of story. And that's kind of the mindset of the company, and you can, you can argue it and, 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 and criticize it and probably some fair points. But we're going to open a third location very shortly for curbside. So we'll have three locations providing our beer to the customer in a, in a contactless, safe, easy, just go get it type of format, online experience. And we will be back with retail in full force at three different locations and a great experience once this thing runs its course or we have some protections against it or things change, you know. But again, you know, a month could go down the road and all of a sudden things change and, and now we're, 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 we're retreating on that. But, I, I, you know, I hope that explains it to the audience and I hope people get it. Because I, we understand you, people drive by our locations and are like, "Come on, everybody else is open. Why don't you open?" Those are the answers. That's the truth. We're we're, we're just trying to ride it out and be as safe as possible, and, and throw the beer in the backseat of your car or your trunk, and and it'll be okay. It'll be okay. We'll be back. Throughout your whole answer, I I kept kind of hearing the same undertones, which is we 
talked to people about what works for them, whether it be your wholesalers or your distributors or your coworkers and and or your employees. And I just think that's so fantastic because you you talk to the people that you're serving and you're saying, what's going to work for you? I don't know how many people would have thought to switch to a 100% canning operation. It sounds like you guys are pretty unique in your approach uh, because even though you haven't opened, you're opening a third location. So um, I just I just love your approach. The whole thing about the optics, because you're absolutely right. Somebody posts a picture on social media and then everybody everybody's down your throat. Um, so I just... I don't really, there's no question embedded in here. I just wanted to, I just want to point out what I think your approach has been, which is talk to the people around you, the people that you serve and, and see how you can improve your business that way. Absolutely. And, and the other thing is that there, and and I get it, that a lot of people out there, especially in Chester County, where hospital census are low, the COVID unit, doesn't, you know, I know this for a fact. My, you know, my wife works in a hospital. We have no patients in the COVID ward. You know, Chester County in the state of Pennsylvania have done a fascinating job, a fantastic job of doing what we can to get this thing to some level of management, right? But that can change. And uh, the, we, we, we know of Pennsylvania breweries that had to shut down for a couple of weeks and go into quarantine because there was a COVID infection. We know that some breweries in other states have had to do the same thing. We cannot allow this to come in and compromise our staff because that will just damage the brand and damage the business. However, being politically correct, and I get it, I totally understand why other places are operating and open. I get it. They need to. They're doing the best thing they can. They're doing all the things that abide by the CDC rules you know, maybe we'll turn around and we could have done that too, but right now we're just not comfortable with it. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a perfectly valid reason, right? You know, our safety is first, profit is second or third or whatever it may be, and this is how we see it. And you're not asking anybody to like what you're doing. You're just explaining how you're doing it and why, and that you got hugely valid reasons, and we can all interpret how best to approach in different ways. That's great. Thanks, Jim. I really appreciate that answer. Thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, Jim, if people have been convinced to try uh, your products or they want to learn more about you, uh, where can they find you? Sure. LevanteBrewing.com. Everything you ever wanted to know and more <laughs> is, is on our website. And uh, it's mobile friendly as well. Um, the order experience is really easy and frictionless. You can Pick up at any of our locations, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. every single day of the week. Um, uh, you can you can order for and come get it four days later. It's it's you can get as much as you want. There's no limits, um, and and that's the beauty of it. And it should be as frictionless as possible and give control back to the consumer whenever they feel they want to come in and grab something. And, um, we release cans every Tuesday and Friday, new stuff, some some old heavy hitters, you know, that we like to do some repeats that people really loved. Um, we continue to innovate and get creative. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming um, throughout the fall and, and winter. Um, and, uh, you know, most importantly, for, for those that recognize Levante Brewing, that have patronized us, uh, myself, my partners, our employees, we are indebted to you. 
Um, we thank you so much for the patronage over the last five years to help this little startup keep going um, through its ups and downs and lefts and rights. And, and this is one of them. And from their help and a little bit of luck and good fortune, you know, things will, this, this too shall pass and we'll be clinking glasses again in all the, all the tap rooms and it'll, we'll be back to normal again, I'm, I'm sure at some point, obviously. Awesome. So thank you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you again. That's levantebrewing.com. You can find that and all of the show notes over at startlocal.co. Jim, so thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for joining us and we'll, we'll see you online soon. Absolutely. Take care. See you guys. Be good. And thanks to everybody listening. Remember to go to startlocal.co slash news to get insights on the latest episodes of news around the county until next time. Stay safe out there.